Hello and welcome to Backlog. We're your hosts, Lucas and Alex Evans. Each week we take a look through our backlog, pick a game to play for the next week, and meet back to discuss our time with it. Rappy, you can join us. Hope you discover a new favorite or rediscover an old favorite along the way. How's it going, Alex? I am doing pretty good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Surviving as as it uh, happens to be. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. How's your uh, week? Uh, not too busy, I hope. Uh, well, I mean, it was definitely like uh, on my for work, I have like two different like i have a bi-weekly schedule so uh this week yeah. i work five 12 hour shifts so it's definitely a longer week but um uh your busy week yeah yeah um but i mean more so than that it's just all the friggin like coronavirus stuff going on it's just all the panic buying have you yeah. been to any like you've gone to the grocery store any malls or anything no i haven't really but my girlfriend went a couple days ago um i think yeah. she went on friday maybe Okay. Um, and um, the grocery store, like, there's all the cash registers, and then there's, like, sort of, obviously, the cash registers are almost, like, in line with, like, all the aisles for, you know, the grocery store. Um, and at the very, very end of the grocery store, there's, like, a freezer section, and she said there was people lined up to there, up to the freezer section, buying stuff. So, it's, like, Jeez. like probably a good 40 to 60 foot line. And you guys live in like a pretty small town, like not like yeah. rural or anything, but not yeah. a huge city or anything. Yeah, she said. Yeah, all I went it. to uh, I went to Walmart the other day, not for anything in particular, but yeah, like mm-hmm. the toilet paper section was just completely empty shelves. Hilariously, yeah, yeah. It's such a funny like, it's such a funny situation because I don't think many people even want toilet paper, but it's just because it's like a meme and in the news, it's people are like, well everyone's buying it so i have to buy it it's just like we're just still such like crazy pack <laughs> animals when it comes to like panic and shit well, like it, it was my understanding that the whole thing with the toilet paper was because like there was that rail protest um like the okay, like the Canada. train yeah so i because i was at costco a few weeks you know before all this coronavirus stuff happened and we were trying to get toilet yeah. paper and there wasn't any there was like no paper products at costco at all and they said it was because of this because of the uh, the rail protest that like they didn't get the paper products that they needed so that was my understanding of- and it, i think it's people just like people just like confusing the reason that people are getting toilet paper like people are seeing <laughs> that people are like in need of toilet paper so like everyone's just freaking out and just thinking that that's something they should stock up for for like this virus nonsense yeah exactly i think there's probably lots of stories going around because i i heard the one um because in Japan, which like over in Asia is kind of obviously hit a bit more hard than uh, the North America side is right now. Yeah, but yeah. Um, there's like pretty much the same crisis in Japan of like everyone buying up all the toilet paper because there's like stories going around that all their toilet paper in Japan comes from China. And since China was getting like shut down by this virus, there's going to stop getting shipments of toilet paper. So everyone was yeah. buying it like crazy. Yeah. But then like the Japanese government, I think had to like put out an announcement just saying like, no, most of our toilet paper is actually made in Japan. Like everyone can stop freaking out. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I think there's tons of just stories and panic and craziness. So everybody yeah, stay, stay safe out there. Stay sane. Yeah. It'll it's, all, uh, we'll, it's just we'll nuts, get through man. It together. I mean, obviously it's totally different from country to country province to province state to state i guess for the states and stuff but like it's just it just doesn't seem like they're really doing anything like there's like obviously two different approaches you can have with it like it could either be 
like where they're saying just like doing the self quarantining and stuff like that. But I know they have the whole EI package that they were talking about for Canada, but like still a lot of people can't afford to live on, you know, 55% of their wages. If that's what it is, that's what I heard it it was from somebody. But um, like, like there's just like two approaches from my point of view. There's either do what they're doing now. So like tell people to self isolate if they've been abroad or if they traveled anywhere. And then, and then there's, I feel like there's just the option where like they should just close down like everything, just get everyone to just try to stay home as much as possible for like a couple weeks just to allow shit to dissipate. And then, you know, have some sort of protocol as far as like weaning people in or like doing tests on like everybody at workplaces to see if they're positive for shit in a sense, like just to, just to really like nip it in the bud early instead of doing this thing where overall I think it's going to affect more people over time, but it's just not going to be as many people at once so they can still keep like the country, you know, afloat essentially. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely tough. I mean, we're going to be feeling, I think the whole world is going to be feeling the effects of this for months, like economically and uh, you know, everything else. I mean, what we're trying to do now, like with self quarantine and stuff is just about, they call it flattening the curve basically. So like, the way this kind of virus is going to work is pretty much everyone, like 75% of the world's population is probably going to get infected with it at some point. Like yeah. it's just, unless yeah. they find a vaccine or something, but that'll be months before that ever gets sorted out either. So mm-hmm. like the goal essentially right now is just to stop it from being super contagious so that like not everyone has to go to the hospital all at once and it can kind of like filter through, you know, yeah, yeah. if you have, you know, if you have 50,000 or let's say 500,000 people who are going to get sick, you'd rather it be like, you know, 500 a day for a thousand days than mm-hmm. 50,000 a day for a week you know because that'll just overload the whole system but yeah 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 if, if you can like if people can afford to like hopefully i'm getting set up to work from home and do some stuff remotely and things so oh, that's nice if you're in a lucky position like that you don't have to go out then yeah try and take advantage of those and just be because even if you're not going to get too sick from it you know it's just about helping others and stuff so. yeah yeah i mean I, I don't think personally the age range that we're in that we're really going to be at much of a risk as they say like if we get it but it's so crazy like the company that i work for they have a they have a plant over in italy as well oh yeah and the italy plant is still open oh wow yeah so like it's crazy so like i think i think as far as like them shutting like them shutting us down like so i have a few days two weeks off isn't gonna happen unless literally the nova scotia or Canadian government steps in and says, no, like you guys have to close because it's just a hazard. Like we had some guy come in to work. um, He got back like sometime early this week from Florida and he's still coming into work and they're not telling him to go home. Yeah. Like that's just so stupid. Like, well, like, yeah, because they're like, because what the supervisors were saying, they're like, he, he didn't, he's like, he just made it back before they opened that window saying that anyone traveling needs to go into quarantine or self-isolation. But it's like, like obviously, a fucking day or two is not going to make a, that big of a difference to say that he should or shouldn't go. He should just go. Yeah, ex- yeah. it's it's tough because, I mean, you don't necessarily want to lay people off or put people out of job, right? So yeah. it's a tough line to walk. It's uh, definitely uncharted territory. Mm. It's funny. I was actually just watching a... Uh, uh, a TED talk on YouTube <laughs> earlier today. Um, and it was a TED, I think it was from 2015 or something. And mm-hmm. it was Bill Gates giving a talk about 
a pandemic and like how we're not prepared to deal with a pandemic <laughs> and all this stuff I, and all these things yeah, we should be doing now that. in order to deal with it. You say you saw it too? I, I didn't see the, the TED talk, but I saw like a, I saw an article about it saying that like Bill Gates was predicting the pandemic essentially like years ago and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Like what well, he's talking about just having like an emergency response team set up to like go anywhere in the world as soon as like something like this starts happening and all yeah. these kind of yeah. things to set up but well anyway i guess that uh, covers corona <laughs> talk 2020 for quick <laughs> the obligatory conversation we've been playing any uh, games besides our uh, game of the month this year well just so just we- just one quick thing to sort of <laughs> yeah just sort of just sort of like end on a, a happier funnier note there's um sure did you see the whole like as simpsons is apparently like time traveling wizards um <laughs> no you, but i could only assume that they covered it yeah there was an episode in 1993 of some person in china like coughing this like disease into a box and then like homer and uh like mr skinner get it in like the, the little picture that i've seen online and then there's like literally a news broadcast that says coronavirus up on like <laughs> the like all oh, those things insane. i know it's nuts um, yeah, man, they they uh, they predict a lot of random stuff. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you just make that many episodes for that long, you're bound to get some things accurate eventually. But yeah, yeah it's yeah. funny. But uh, yeah, do you have any time for any other games? No, man. Like <laughs> busy busy work week this week. So um, yeah, that's fair. On my two days off, I played I played you know a good chunk of of the game each night. So that's good. Yeah, I've been trying to split in. it up. It's been. Um, yeah, because I definitely like want to play as much of the games as possible each week, and yeah. I I don't feel bad about not finishing them. Like I like to get a taste of them, and it's kind of what this is about: is seeing what's maybe worth playing and what's worth not playing. And yeah, stuff, yeah, right. So it's good. Um, I uh, yeah, I've been trying to split it up because I mean the past couple of weeks I've been just basically playing it all during one day, trying to get in as much as possible. But yeah, yeah I was yeah. able to kind of split it up for a few days this week as well. Um, I actually played. Um, I've been playing. I still been playing a uh, Seven Deadly Sins Grand Cross, which is a mobile game. So that I'm able to play on like my off time when I'm not able to play a console game, essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm also uh, so I went to play. I sat down. I had the night off the other night. I went to sit down to play Doom. Yeah. And uh, I play. I'm playing it on PS4. Mm-hmm. And I've I had it like we pretty sure my girlfriend bought the game when it first came out so i thought we had it but over the past like four years <laughs> mm-hmm. it must have gotten deleted off the console so i sat down got everything ready to play it and then i had to download it and yeah. i don't know what it is about the fucking ps4 but the download times on ps4 are always ridiculous yeah so of course it's like four or five hours to download this game basically <laughs> so that was a, a dent and everything. But in the meantime, I'm like, okay, well, I'm sitting here anyway. Might as well go over. So I, I went back and I started playing some uh, Pinball pinball FX3. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever play much of Pinball FX? I think I showed it to you a couple I, times. I think maybe. I've never, like, I've never personally gone out and played a pinball game on, like, on one of my consoles. But, yeah, and I know yeah. you're you're sort of pretty into them. So we've I've sat down with you a few times and we've gone back and forth and yeah. stuff. Like, I don't know what, was it Pinball FX3 when you had, like, all the different, like, different like uh cartoon show like tables essentially like a yeah family I have, like, guy I have, like a fox pack that has like american yeah. dad and stuff yeah mm-hmm. an archer i think but yeah yeah pinball, it's i just i love pinball i had so much fun playing that by the time doom finally finished downloading i didn't even want to stop playing it but yeah <laughs> it well was, i mean uh, yeah 
PS4 might take a long time to download, but I mean, at least at least their servers aren't down like uh like, yeah. like Xbox Lives are. Yeah, I saw. I mean, I'm not on Xbox, so I didn't Me know. Either, but, but I saw a post in my feed, yeah, yeah. my Google feed, that it was down. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I love pinball. Like pinball is just it's just so much fun, and I love. There's um, some companies are doing like what well, companies? Some game companies are doing some cool stuff with it. I think it's like a mechanic that could be explored more. Like I played Yuka's Island Adventure, yeah, which is like basically a pinball rogue or not rogue, like a Metroidvania. Like you mm. explore and get upgrades and unlock. Like such a cool way to do pinball. So um, yeah, that's gonna yeah, I'm gonna be on the lookout for some games like that because I just love pinball. Yeah, I remember back in the summer when you were visiting up here, you um, you uh you're playing that on your computer i think yeah and it's yeah. on switch and it goes on sale all the time and i was like i just like i always see it i'm like i might i should pick that up because it's probably <laughs> fun but um it is i mean if you're even remotely interested in pinball or metroidvanias like i think mm. either way you'd, you'd probably love you because like it's just i don't know it's really cool i think there's a lot i think a pinball roguelike would be really cool like a pinball game where like each table is a different room and like you get upgrades and stuff i think there'd be a really cool game to be made there yeah yeah it's definitely a niche thing but i think the people who like pinball really like pinball so it's got its audience for oh, sure. oh yeah like there's back when i was living um like with you going to school um i was helping out at one of the, like one of the bars doing sound and what and the the band was doing a set and the sound guy that i was helping out he's like all right man um just just you hang out i'm gonna run down to the road and play some pinball at this other bar (laughs) (laughs) like he was just in love with it like there's it's like it definitely like a lot like a thing where people who love it just absolutely love it like he was trying to get one in, in his apartment and everything like it was just yeah an addiction I mean, if I had enough money, I would definitely consider... I'd probably... I've seen people who actually take, like, a monitor and turn it sideways Mm -hmm. and just make, like, a digital cabinet with Pinball FX3, like, because you can Uh, set the orientation so that it's actually, like, sideways, so it's, like, lengthways, like an actual pinball table, and then you just have like all these digital tables and i think that'd be really cool Mm -hmm. um i mean pinball i think has like these tiers of learning where i mean when you first start playing pinball all you're looking at is the flippers like you're just focused on the flippers and where the ball is and you're just trying to hit the thing as soon as the ball comes near the flipper that's all you're worried about (laughs) yeah yeah and i think i think a lot of people who play a pinball table like casually that's all they see or that's all like that's all the game is to them and that mm-hmm. i think even still is fun like people still enjoy that like adrenaline and thrill of trying to keep the ball alive but once you like really get to know a table it uh yeah there's like you know so many modes and mechanics and like extra things especially in the digital versions like pinball fx um they give you a table for free and then every other table is kind of like dlc they've got marvel tables they've got all kinds they have like yeah. real life tables that have been translated into the game and, and all this stuff but um, the one they give you for free is like a haunted mansion you kind of grab by the ghoulies almost themed one <laughs> yeah yeah and uh it's just like it's so cool there's so many quests and side tables like you'll start a mission that will take you to like this other smaller pinball table you got to do missions oh, okay. on and like the cool thing about pinball fx as well is that each table has a guide so you can pull up a guide and it will tell you like what all the quests are and everything that you can accomplish and what does what so you can actually like learn what the fuck you're supposed to be doing instead of just swinging a ball around and hoping it says jackpot at some point <laughs> you get a bunch of points like yeah yeah but yeah so who knows maybe we'll cover yuka or some other pinball game at some point because i'm in yeah. a pinball mood now after that so no, yeah, <laughs> I, I, mean, I actually looked up one there's another one called um 
oh it's like satan's flipper or satan's tilt or tilt mm-hmm. tilt demon something like that and it's like an old like it's a pixely graphics like pinball table yeah. seems a little pricey for what it is because it's like only one table one mode sort of a thing it's like 20 bucks but it looks uh, cool okay. maybe something we can cover in the future if you're yeah, yeah. not opposed to pinball um but yeah anyway. didn't didn't you have the uh like that odama game wasn't that a pinball game like on gamecube yeah. that you had to incorporate the microphone and stuff you had to push the microphone down and say some certain things to like move like your reinforcements or something and it was like kind of like a tower defense pinball game or something yeah, I'll have to go back and check that out because you're right. It was on GameCube, but it like used the mic and it had like a clip so that you could use the mic yeah. hands free and stuff. Yeah. That's another thing. I think there's just so many crazy things you can do with pinball because mm. I think there is like a game called Rock of Ages or Roll of Ages or something too that I think is pinball like mm-hmm. a pinball action adventure type thing. So yeah. Um, yeah, I have to go back. That's true. Because I, I played Odama when I was young and I was in that stage of like I was saying, I'm just all I was paying attention to was the flippers and yeah yelling at the mic whatever you were supposed to do all right so uh anything uh anything you need to leave off on this section no i mean i think i think uh i mean i would be pretty okay if you want to do the uh yuka's island express for our our next review if that's something you're interested in yeah we can cover that on the near the end of the podcast Uh, i've already played it through pretty recently so it might give me a bit of respite (laughs) in my (laughs) schedule but uh, Yeah. yeah we'll see all right, we're going to take a uh, quick break, and then we'll be back with our uh, feature book club review of Doom 2016. And we're back. So we're going to talk about our game of the week, Doom 2016. How was your time with Doom, Alex? Overall, just like, dislike so far? Um, I like. I like the game. Um, it's Yeah. <laughs> it's my second run-through of the game, um, yet... I haven't beat it through either run through, and I, I, I know this is the same thing as last week. I've played Cuphead before, and I didn't, I didn't beat that yeah. last time or this time. But, um, but no, I really enjoy it. I mean, like this, this is from my perspective and from like videos I've seen online. It's definitely a very focused on the on the audio and video side of things. Um, yeah. So I'm it's surprised. yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Um, so it's like a very it's like a very like well sound design game and i'll talk further about that once we get into it but um but yeah that's just sort of like my basic um sort of right off the bat sort of things i noticed from it like it's 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 a very it's a very visually pleasing game if you have a rig that can run it to top specs (laughs) but it can also have the ability to go down you know i mean it's on the switch the switch isn't super super powerful so i mean the fact that it runs on that's pretty nice yeah so yeah i guess we'll cover a bit you played it on the switch is that where you played it to yeah. review it this time yeah yeah i played on the ps4 pro so uh, yeah i'd be curious to see how it looks on the switch because i mean i know the switch is pretty powerful but i don't picture it as being mm-hmm. able to handle these type of games but i mean it can for sure um yeah and i was like you i got about halfway through when i played it originally when it first came out i i actually thought i'd beat it like when i we picked this game um, a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. i had assumed that I had already beaten it and I was just going to go back and play it again. But my save file was only halfway through the game, basically. Yeah. And I got to that point and beyond. And like once I got past where my other save file was, it was all stuff that I definitely didn't remember. So mm-hmm. I must not have beat it, but <laughs> yeah. I also didn't beat it this time. But I got, got to most of the, the, the good things. I got the BFG and all the fun stuff. But, uh, oh, I didn't get to yeah, the BFG. So, yeah, I pretty much just got there. And then I'm, um, I didn't uh, get much further than that. But yeah. I guess like, yeah, we'll, we'll jump in. How did you think of the uh, graphics? I guess 
mm-hmm. might have different opinions having played it on different systems but how did yeah. it work on the switch i'm pretty curious um well definitely because of when you dock the switch um for the tv it goes up to 1080p when it's undocked at 720p and there's okay. there's nothing built into that dock that increases like you know increases like the specs of this of the switch at all so it's literally forcing it to run in a higher resolution so obviously um like even with like breath of the wild like one of like the console's release titles like had issues as far as like drop framing and stuff like that um yeah, i remember hearing about that yeah but uh in 1080p there's definitely like lower texture quality on the game versus when it's in handheld mode um and i i mean like i've seen you know, I've seen stuff online for this game and stuff like that. It definitely doesn't meet anywhere near the top quality of what, what it can look like, like yeah. graphics-wise. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it's I'm not really a person that's going to let graphics ruin a game for me. Like, as long as the gameplay, and at least as long as it runs smoothly with, like, a lower quality graphics, I'm perfectly fine with that, so... Yeah, and I think for this game, like, the frame rate is obviously more important than the graphics. Although, like yeah. you said, it can look beautiful, but you definitely want to just make sure you're getting the uh, mm. the uh, the frame rate running with how fast things and hectic things can get. So, yeah. um, I thought it looked really pretty on the PS4, I, or the PS4 Pro, I guess I should mm-hmm. say. I don't know if there's much difference between that and the original one, but... Um, yeah, it looked. I thought it looked really nice. Like the lighting and the textures, everything was pretty good. I found the textures popped in a, quite a bit sometimes. Like, yeah, yeah. because you were kind of running through the levels so fast, there was times where, um, like it would you'd come in and everything, but obviously the texture hasn't loaded yet. It would just mm. all be like this really muddy looking texture, and it would slowly pop in. But yeah, um, that didn't happen too often that it like took me out or anything. But definitely, uh, definitely noticed that. But other than that, mm-hmm. it was it was it was rather pretty and i mean i like the um i'm not one for like gory aesthetics in general like that's never been like appealing to me in any way yeah um and this didn't really change my mind on that like i wasn't a huge fan of like all the gore and stuff but Mm -hmm. it didn't like take away or anything for me aesthetically what about you with the like aesthetics like the all the hell and blood and gore um it didn't really bother me much um i mean like I, I did like I did like the very like consistent like run and gun sort of of playing style of it. So um you know, like I guess I sort of like disassociated a little bit from like thinking about specifically that I'm like destroying demons and like ripping them apart. <laughs> um Yeah. But I mean as well I guess that's where some like lower graphics can help and stuff like that too. Like maybe Maybe it didn't seem as gory to me or as, as brutal to me because I'm not seeing the full textures of everything that's going on, but like what what's actually there to to see if you have top specs essentially. But yeah, um, yeah, I mean that's fair. Yeah, I kind of in the same boat. Like I, it's just like so action packed and fast paced that I I love the action of getting the you know glory kills and then switch weapons yeah. and shotgun and this and that. Like yeah, the the fast paced nature of it kind of makes it so that you almost don't even really notice too much that's going on yeah um so i guess with that i mean we can kind of move a bit into the gameplay itself Mm -hmm. um did you did you like kind of the flow how the uh how the levels progressed getting different weapons all that kind of mechanics yeah highlights for you um i did like it's the game really has a lot to offer like there's secrets there's like a whole bunch of different secret rooms i think like almost in every single level there's like a hidden like classic doom level that you can go through and stuff like that 
and like the game's just packed full of easter eggs and stuff like that as well like when you're in one of the classic doom levels apparently if you uh if you get killed by explosion um your yeah. helmet your helmet like your head with your helmet like your head inside your helmet's bouncing around and like it goes into where you can see like on screen um yeah and yeah and only when you're in one of those classic doom levels he actually has like the in, inside the the mask you, or the helmet you can see like the pixelated face from like the original one in his helmet uh, just kind of a cool yeah. little thing yeah there's tons of i mean yeah exploring there's so much to i mean the levels are pretty linear um yeah occasionally they like open up but you know, kind of always like know where you need to go next mm-hmm. it's never too like open worldy but yeah there's always tons to explore i am like a chronic I'm not like a crippling like collectaholic, but I <laughs> I know yeah I know you I, definitely I, do. I need to get like all this stuff in a level. Like if yeah. I can get it in a level, like I feel like I have to do it. So when I got my Praetor suit tokens, like the first thing I upgraded was like the detection system, which just like mm-hmm. when you get it to the third tier, it just immediately like shows everything on the map as soon as you start the level, so you can yeah. go get everything. So um, I did that immediately. The most annoying part of that though is the secret levels. There's no way to find the secret levels other than just like hunting around for them, which can be a nightmare. Because mm-hmm. like the the le- the lever doesn't show up on the map at all. Yeah. Um, a lot of the times you can tell where the actual level itself is because it's a part on your map that just isn't explored and it's like a wall. But the, when you go to your map, there's like a hallway there or something. So yeah, you know that's where it is. But the, sometimes the lever is like on the complete other side of the map or something, and you mm-hmm. just can't find it. Like I, it's. There's some the, one of the levels I even knew where the lever was because I had rem, like vaguely remembered playing through the game before. Yeah, and like I was like I'm pretty sure it's here and I couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. I had to look it up online where it was for this level, yeah. and it was like exactly where I was looking. Like I was pretty much standing on top of it, and I just still couldn't see it because it just like blends in with the level. Like it doesn't flash. It doesn't do anything. So unless you're staring right at it and get the like pop up to activate it, like yeah, it's it's. So that was frustrating as like a collectible person. I mean, it was just kind of weird that everything else is detectable on the map but that. But mm-hmm. I suppose that's kind of like the highest tier of collectible or hidden thing anyway. And that was kind of how it's meant to be. But yeah, yeah. it's a little minor frustration to have to look through that. But it is what it is, I guess. Mm. Um, I the uh, I really like the uh, level design itself, though. Um, I felt like it was they used like green and red lights a lot to kind of tell you to kind of like direct your vision as to where to go like yeah there's yeah. always green lights on a ledge if you had to jump up on it and things like that i yeah. thought it was really clever um it didn't like the green lights never felt out of place but they always just like subtly guided you mm-hmm. um, without it being like you know how you see in a lot of games like uncharted and um uh, uh what am i a uh, tomb raider like mm-hmm. uh, those games do sort of a thing where they will paint a ledge in like a very obvious color and it or it looks like worn down and stuff like that yeah yeah and it does the job of like telling you that it's there but a lot of times i find it ends up looking at a place not distractingly so but it's just like okay that's obviously just there because this is a video game yeah um but i did i didn't get that feeling in this um did you have any trouble yourself like navigating the levels or any hiccups with the layout or anything no not not navigating the level like i get from start to finish easily um it's just like obviously looking on like you know when you hit at least on the switch like you hit the select button and it opens up like your map and like how you can navigate through all your menus and stuff but it shows you like how many how many of like the red soldier upgrades that you have found 
if there's like one of those orbs that gives you a power up for health armor or or ammo that kind of stuff um that kind of stuff it wasn't super super linear to find which i mean i guess it's kind of the point for it not to be like super obvious for some of it but but um yeah like those kind of things I, i i always feel necessary to collect because like obviously this game is gonna this game's got five difficulties to it so obviously it's going to get more and more difficult as you progress through the game no matter what difficulty you're playing and so having having those upgrades no matter what what portion of it we're talking about is always going to be of good help so i always like wanted to get those but it was yeah it wasn't super easy to find so i did google a few things playing this game (laughs) to find things but yeah, definitely. Did um did you get the um did you upgrade your like cuz the first set of upgrades like is like I said upgrades the map. Mm-hmm. Um did you end up getting those? Um I can't get recall. Other things? I okay. can't recall what I found if you got things. the if you got the map upgrades that like showed cuz it, it basically like I said it showed all those on the map like even when you just first start the level like it just shows them hovering wherever they are sort of a thing with mm-hmm. a bit of the map revealed. Yeah. So I found once you had that it was Almost, I think it made it fun, like, because it showed you vaguely where it was. So as long as you kept checking your map and didn't miss anything, you could be like, Mm -hmm. okay, somewhere above me is this, like, you know, gear upgrade or this weapon point or this, yeah, Praetor suit, like the Red Guard suit or whatever. Yeah. So you're like, okay, now I just have to look around here and find a way to, like, get up into the vents or something. So it kind of made it into a fun puzzle as long as you knew vaguely where to look. But if you have no direction, then obviously it's pretty... Yeah. difficult and crazy to try and find everything yeah um, the one part of the level exploration that i hated was platforming i don't know if you had uh, the same struggles i did but there's a couple levels one there's a thing you got to climb up on this pipe tubing along the side of a building mm-hmm. and go all the way around the building to get to one of like the bobblehead guys or something yeah and i just kept falling off of it like because you gotta like walk it like a tightrope basically mm-hmm. and it just because you move so fast and the game's just not meant for like that kind of precise platforming in my opinion um that just was brutal to do that and then did you make it to the level in hell spoiler alert you go to hell if you didn't get there (laughs) (laughs) um no i did not the uh, furthest level i got to is the level that you get like the 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 boots the double jump boots booster boots whatever you want to call them Mm -hmm. um that's the that's a level that i'm on currently now and like i'm about halfway through that one so i'm i'm i mean no spoiler to me i I know you do go to hell so (laughs) yeah it's probably pretty obvious (laughs) but uh yeah i think it's just a level or two after that you go you get taken through a hell portal basically Mm -hmm. and the hell level is pretty cool it's all like stone and metal and like it's a pretty cool level but they do a lot of sections where there's floating rocks just like hanging like it's all kind of like suspended in like a a realm somewhere yeah but so there's all these floating rock sections that you have to jump across and it's just so annoying because a game like this like your health and your armor is like a resource right the whole mechanic of it is you're gonna get hit there's gonna be like you get to points where there's just 20 demons attacking you all at once like you're gonna take damage yeah and it's just about chaining glory kills and using your weapons and moving fast all the time and stuff so you're gonna take damage and you're gonna get it back like it's kind of this constant tug of war so when you just fall off a cliff and insta die it's like and get sent back to like a checkpoint it's just oh it's just so annoying that like all that time and like management went to waste Mm because you just slipped off a rock so (laughs) no matter how much health or armor you have you're just dead so those platforming parts kind of sucked but i mean in a I mean, you could have removed them, I guess, and just had platforms or just had like a ramp or something instead. Mm-hmm. But I'm not too mad that they were there, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, I, 
do you have anything else about the level design or anything with that i didn't have any issues as far as like walking on on specific platforms more so the issues that lie with me was like jumping after like climbing up like four or five levels on something like jumping to grab onto a ledge and like you just like miss it by a hair so like the the game doesn't connect that you're near that ledge for you to grab onto it because there's no button for you to hit once you're near a ledge to grab onto it it's just because the game's so fluid once you approach that area and jump into it it just automatically does the animation of you climbing it and gets you up there yeah so actually um i found it was pretty generous uh, grabbing the ledges personally like i never felt like it cheated me out of catching a ledge like i always felt like it was, if you're near it it was pretty good about letting you catch it yeah i mean yeah i just had a few encounters like where it was just yeah sort of not close enough i guess or something but it was just a little mm-hmm. bit of a pain in the butt trying to grab a ledge a couple times i failed to grab the same one so yeah um so yeah did uh, i guess i i actually didn't pay too much attention to the music um mm-hmm. i mean i liked it it definitely uh, i enjoyed it but uh, did you pay much close attention to it? what was your take on the music and sound effects you, you I, brought that up at the beginning so i'm curious <laughs> what your uh, what your opinion is yeah i definitely did like um like not so much anymore these days but i used to be a huge fan of like metal music and i think what this would probably closely close closest be qualified to in like the metal genre is like a it's called gent okay so um just sort of a lot of like low tune sort of rhythmic pattern chugging stuff which i mean i think that kind of explains the music within the game as well um but uh but no like i've watched a couple videos uh from the composer for this uh mick gordon he's the one who did the music and um so he, he he like met all the guys in like the sound design team and like everyone involved with sound for the game uh pretty early on in development when he got hired on and um and like what they would do is like at the end of every work week all of them because like i think it's pretty pretty given if you're in a sound design job like you're probably a musician so what they all did yeah um at the end of every work week is all the guys that worked on sound got together and like just sort of had like a jam session but like not like a typical jam session like they all had like modular synthesis stuff and like just a bunch of like weird plugins on their computers and stuff like that and they would just sort of like jam out creating like you know just sort of different sound ideas and stuff like that so um i think that that to me like i i I didn't check to see what awards this game got if any but like just from a sound design sound in general across the board music to sound design i think it's a very a very well done job so um like the only thing that i don't like is when you're doing like the uh, the glory kills um mm-hmm. apparently it's supposed to be like this very low frequency riser that happens when you're doing like the music dips out and then there's yeah that, that low riser that happens but i mean i had headphones on while playing the game and i didn't hear it um and it just sort of took me out of the experience and the fluidity of it though is the only really negative note i have just like yeah while you're doing a glory kill instead of it progressing me further and making it feel more badass it just sort of like yeah it just sort of like sucked everything out of the game besides what you're doing there and then brings you back into it so um that's only so, like faded out the music you're saying because I, I don't think i ever really paid much close attention when i was doing the glory kills yeah yeah like like everything like all all the sound like sort of almost gets like filtered out uh, like all the high-end sort of gets taken out of it and it gets quieter and then apparently there's supposed to be this riser that happens but i didn't ever hear it um while you're killing 
like while you're killing the uh, the demon or whatever, and then as that riser goes up, you go back into the game. So, are oh, you? Wow. Yeah, no, I didn't notice, but yeah. No, but well, this is I I guess this is a good time to say like this, I think uh, I'm definitely gonna go back and finish this game if I have the time this week. Like yeah, I'm yeah. really invested. I I finally like have all the gun upgrades and stuff that I want, and <laughs> mm-hmm. so I'll have to pay attention to that when I'm playing next. Um, did you have a favorite weapon or anything? Um, I stuck a lot to the uh, to the assault rifle, like the one that you can equip the missiles and the scope to. Is sort of the yeah. one that I always found myself switching back to. Um, like there's certain weapons like i got the super shotgun i don't know if you got that as well yeah um but like that that just seems to me like it's supposed to be like a slow super powerful gun and super shotgun but yeah um so i didn't use it as much as i probably would have liked to like it feels like it would have been really useful but it just didn't feel like it was quick enough to me at the point that i had at this point at least like to be used as a main weapon so yeah, um, it's, it's very slow. Uh, I think, um, I guess that leads well into, like, I, I really like that they um, give you the option to, like, choose the upgrades. So each gun kind of has a branching path for the most part. Yeah. Um, a couple of them only have, like, the one upgrade path. Um, did you get lots of upgrades? Like, because if you get the two upgrades, you like, you get a mod for the weapon. Mm-hmm. And then you can get two different upgrades for them. And once you get two yeah. upgrades, it unlocks, like, a challenge to get the third uh, upgrade. Did you ever get that far to, to get to that point? Not to the challenge, no. I, I did upgrade uh, okay. almost every gun pretty evenly. So I definitely could have got to the point where I upgraded one gun enough to do that. But I just sort of spread it out across all of them that I had, so... Oh, that's fair. Yeah, so they have like, um, like the super shotgun it has actually a pretty difficult challenge for the third part. I'm trying mm-hmm. to remember. Oh, you need to. I think you have to kill two or more people at the same time with the gun, and you have to do that like 30 times. I think. Jesus. Um, so I'm like 25 out of 30 into it. But once you get that second, like that final upgrade on the super shotgun, yeah. it lets you fire twice before reloading. So I think it'll be like super good once you get it upgraded to that <laughs> point. Mm. But almost there but uh yeah i really like that you could choose the way you upgraded the things yeah um, because i mean for me with the assault rifle i gravitated towards the scope because i kind of like there's not a lot of options for it but i still liked having the mm-hmm. ability to do long range engagements and snipe people essentially yeah but i can easily see somebody preferring having the rocket launcher and being more of a Mm. a soldier 76 type thing where you're just in close blowing <laughs> stuff up all the time the scope for that assault rifle definitely seems like the perfect amount of zoom like it's not so much that it's like it, it that it like forces you to like stay still and like aim from like a distance as a sniper it zooms in enough that you can see people accurately from far enough away but it still doesn't still doesn't like take you out of like the fast pacedness of the game which i found was kind of nice like obviously a lot of shooting games like you put like a certain scope on the gun and it just like a completely unusable in any in any amount of close range like it's just only super super far range so that's yeah, definitely no, yeah, important that's a, that's a good point yeah it never it always felt like it was the the right level of zoom so mm. um i uh i i really like the um the the kind of comedy of the game like i i actually i'll have to confess i never played any of the old dooms really i mean i know of them i think you'd have to be yeah living under a rock for the past 20 years to not know what they look like and stuff and there's but, a really bad movie um, with with dwayne johnson in it and stuff like that <laughs> i could safely admit i have not seen that I either. Haven't either. <laughs> um but so i don't know how much comedy and like tongue-in-cheekness was in the original ones but did you 
I found myself actually just like chuckling all the time playing this game. Did you did you have the same experience? No, not chuckling all the time. Pro- probably just because like you know from from you know a composer like sort of viewpoint on it. Like I really enjoyed like the the music in this game just because I'm I'm a fan of like metal music and everything like that. And it's just like very well produced stuff. So I I've, I sort of through watching videos because the composer does like a lot of videos at like game dev conferences and stuff like that about more in-depth stuff about the the game but obviously going into that stuff shows easter eggs and stuff like that through his presentation so like i saw before i even played the game that like if you fall in lava as you're dying he like does the thumbs up at the very end before he's dead and stuff like that yeah so, one of the animations yeah yeah so like it wasn't it wasn't a chuckle moment for me like as I was playing the game as much as like while watching these videos beforehand that I was like, you know, sort of chuckling at them. But I do, I do know what you mean with like the whole comedy aspect in the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge like flavor text person, like every time, cause there's a lot of like logs and information packet things you can pick up in the game. Yeah. So every time I got one of those, I loved reading through it and there was always like, it was just a, I don't know, it was my type of comedy for sure. Like, it was and then like there's those hologram guys that like pop up and like tell you about the base like they're like a informational guide sort of a thing yeah um they always had funny stuff to say um so i just yeah i, I always thought it was uh there's just great moments of comedy like and even just things that aren't necessarily meant to be funny but just because the game has this like comedic undertone throughout the whole thing mm-hmm. i just found things kind of silly like when you get to the hell level they still have like basically a key card system at the hell level, but you have to find like colored skulls, and then you <laughs> smash these colored skulls into like the matching colored door. Yeah, and it's just like even hell has like color coded key cards, I guess. So yeah, yeah. It was just like, but because the game had like that might have been like almost not a put off entirely, but it definitely could have been a, a, a silly thing if it wasn't for the fact that the whole game is mildly silly the whole way through. Yeah, so. I think because of that, it helps like with a lot of those like things that happen, mm-hmm. and the fact that you're just—I love how you're just like a no-nonsense, like silent guy who just smashes things to get stuff done. Like, well, well yeah, like when you're, you're the, when, in one of the first levels when you're destroying the telescopes or whatever. Yeah, the fuel source, like the so it can take the energy from hell and convert it into something usable. Yeah, and he's yeah, like, he's gotta like, remove each lens yeah, one yeah. by one, and you just like look at the thing and just smash it a bunch of times. And he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. "We didn't need to be this way." <laughs> Do uh, you realize what you're doing? <laughs> yeah, that that one that part in the game definitely made me chuckle. I was laughing at that part for sure. Where yeah, he's like, "It's super expensive technology. Be careful!" And you just put your foot on <laughs> put your foot on it and crush it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's just I don't know. I like I said, it's definitely like right up my alley comedy wise. So I was pretty happy with uh, with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I had a t- like I had a such a great time. Um. It almost like I just love how streamlined and simple this game is. Like it's not. It knows exactly what it needs to be mm-hmm. and what it's trying to be. Like it's just action. It's just fun. It's yeah. It's got enough like upgrades and secrets and stuff that you know you can do what you want um yeah. i never felt too cheated i liked all the little side challenges you got for each level um i kind of always felt obligated to beat them so sometimes i'd restart a checkpoint if i'm like oh because like some of them are like you got to kill like 
10 people with one shot or within two seconds or something it's just like <laughs> yeah. okay that was obviously the section i was supposed to do that in and i didn't do that because there's like 20 guys like all clumped together and i just forgot about it so yeah. i'll restart a checkpoint so it kind of took me out but never felt too much um, and i'm definitely excited to go back and finish off this game because i like yeah. the characters too i really like vega like he's the computer system and then mm-hmm. samuel hayden who's the big like robot guy and i'm excited to see how it all shakes out and who's actually a good guy and a bad guy because right now about halfway through and it's like everyone seems like they're a bit of a dick and a bad guy so yeah. it's hard to know who's gonna actually be on your side back but, back into, yeah do you have any back into yeah, like ahead. the audio but also comedy portion of things like during yeah. one of during one of the like mick gordon's um like conferences things that he was doing um he he had like a lot of fun with the game in a comedic way like making the music so um he had the synthesizer on his computer that he was using throughout making the game and uh, you can upload images to the synthesizer and it takes like frequency qualities from this picture and to import that into the synth sounds. Yeah. Um, so he used that and then through doing that, um, there's like this this spectrograph sort of thing that you can use to look at audio. Yeah, I think I remember <laughs> So he had like this baseline that was like three repeating notes um and then like a long drone and then the same three repeating notes and he did a six 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 and then like a a pentagram within the audio so (laughs) what he said he did is he he put that into the audio and then he uploaded the files into the game and he said he didn't tell any about anybody about it <laughs> and just <laughs> left it he's like no one's gonna find that only only way someone's gonna figure that out is if they crack open the game take the audio files for it and look at the audio files under the, the spectrograph view run it through the spectrograph and then he like yeah. hits the next slide and there's just like tons of article headlines like popping up like like yeah <laughs> like doom creators or satanists like and all this stuff and <laughs> Uh, and it's funny because i mean that's a good point because i mean i think back when the original doom came out like there was definitely a ton of news articles and crap about like this is satan's work the game and all this kind of stuff yeah right? yeah um and now like there are still obviously news outlets and media like who freak out about stuff like this but i think that it's obviously video games as an entertainment form have come a long way still have a long way to go but they've come yeah. a long way in recognition so it's i mean i don't i don't i didn't read the articles but it's glad it's you want to get like if something like that happened before people would freak out a lot more about it than probably they did now yeah well like people that's people people need to really lighten up and stuff like that about this like like, (laughs) it's the same thing with like stand-up comedians and stuff like that like yeah you know um i believe it was like uh jim jeffries he had like the stand-up special where he's like talking about like how people would like you know, people doing reviews of his specials or whatever would come to them and like write, write in their article, like one of his jokes or whatever. And he's like, obviously if you just read this text, like you read my joke as text, it doesn't sound very good. (laughs) So like, you know, I think it's sort of like the same sort of thing. Like obviously that all this stuff is in, is in humor. It's not in sincerity as far as like, you know, putting pentagrams in the game because you're a devil worshiper and you want to, pledge your allegiance to satan by doing so it's like you know it's just it's just for a funny thing like obviously he like like he said he never intended anyone to like actually figure that stuff out the fact that they did is kind of funny and cool but like you know it's just having fun with it on his his own like 
and he he also had this other thing too because he was right after he talked about the whole pentagram 666 thing he put into the game there was like this long long like long bass drone and what he did was he he showed like this sort of news this news broadcast and they're talking about how all these rock and roll vinyls back in the day like people were saying if you play them backwards there was like demonic messages in them and all this kind of stuff so yeah the classic so what he did in the in this long drone part of the of one of the songs is he took the like took this phrase and made it in reverse but he he put them in he put them in and he panned them or he flipped the uh oh geez the polarity of them so they canceled each other out essentially so the only way you'd be able to hear this is if you took the audio in stereo and bounced and like convert it to mono and it's yeah. and it and it was audio backwards saying that jesus loves you and he's like he's like guess how many people guess how many news articles were made about that he's like friggin none yeah, <laughs> yeah people don't want to be happy they just want to be outraged yeah they want things to be mad about uh that was like a whole presentation was it like that he gave yeah if you just look his name up like if you just look up on like youtube like mick gordon doom there's like a 40 50 minute video that he did at like yeah gdc in like 2016 when the game was coming out um all about the audio and stuff it's pretty it's pretty cool like it's a like he had like this philosophy as far as like change the approach change the outcome like sort of how he wanted like when he tackles music musical projects for games and stuff like that he always wants to like start from scratch as far as how he gets to making his sounds instead of like using a template and like recreating the same thing with a different tone every time so he like took a sine wave so like he said you know like the very very basic you know description of what just sound would be is just a it's just like a sound wave going up and down up and down like you know like a waveform would be positive and negative with the middle being zero um so he just took a sine wave and he sent that through four different chains of like old guitar pedals and like distortion units and stuff like that and then and like delays and reverbs and stuff like that and he was just sort of like tweaking them all as he was like recording through them and stuff like that just to get like this really sort of like gnarly like you know distorted heavy like drone sounds and stuff like that so it was kind of really cool like just sort of how he how he approached that stuff yeah we'll have to uh i'll try i'll grab that video and i'll uh, throw a link in the description so mm. everybody wants to check that out so i think i'll definitely have to take a look at it because i love just long form presentations yeah um i mean i think i don't know if he touched on it or if it was what you're kind of talking about but i mean audio can really affect the way you enjoy a game and it's it's more subtle than you know i've certainly you know than a mechanic or the button layout like things that you obviously notice yeah. when you play a game but um yeah i think the difference between somebody who like really cares and is integrated with a project when they're making a game and somebody who just puts a layer of audio over top of a finished product you can yeah you can tell the difference right well yeah like like i said like all the audio guys like him and everyone working in the design portion of stuff like all work together and working this working and making this cohesive you know sort of just sound like pleasurable sound experience throughout the whole game like to the point that like the sounds of the guns when they're shooting are in key with the music playing at that point like they're so like and and obviously working together to create the same sort of sound palette or color of sounds like goes a long way like everything sounds cohesive at that point it's yeah it's not like you said throwing a finished piece of audio over top of a game that people are making sound effects for it's it's a it's a collaborative experience where you're gonna get yeah the best outcome out of it 
Yeah, that's that's cool. I mean, this whole game just kind of seems like a labor of love. Like, um, it definitely was people I think who loved the original and you know wanted to kind of do an homage to it, not just like a cash in on the franchise. Like, oh, Doom's a big name in video games. Let's just yeah pump out a game. Like, and now Doom Eternal's coming out in mm. like four days now. Like, it so, doesn't it doesn't come uh, out on Switch right away though. I I, I don't oh, no. I don't know when it's coming out on Switch. It says it. There's no release date for it yet. It's coming out on PC, Xbox, and PS4 um, all on, yeah, like next Friday. So Nice. Um, yeah, it's supposed to be coming to Stadia at some point too, but they haven't really talked about when it's coming to Stadia. Because mm. I'd really like to play it on Stadia because that'll be probably the best way I can get the graphics out of it. Like, I was reading an article about, the, about Doom Eternal though, and they were saying something about it's going to really show, it'll really show the like the power of stadia but the way that the article was sort of directed was like sort of saying that in a negative way sort of saying that like (laughs) that stadia is not equipped to be able to stream something of this high quality well so it might not be the best but obviously you'll have to figure that out yourself to see yeah we'll have to see um yeah people i mean there's a lot of hate for Stadia, and we're already running late on this podcast, so yeah. I don't think we have time to get into that necessarily. But uh, but yeah, um, uh, so I, one of the things I like part of doing this podcast is I want to also encourage people to go like play and look at older games because I think you can enjoy video gaming on a pretty tight budget with yeah. you know time, you can get free games through Epic Store and through you know Amazon Prime if you have Amazon Prime already you can get Twitch Prime games like. Mm. So when Doom Eternal comes out, this Doom game will probably go on sale like crazy. I imagine um, so. Yeah. If it's not already, so honestly, like this is a great game, and I expect Doom Eternal to also be great. But if you haven't played either, mm-hmm. don't feel like you have to jump right into Eternal because it's what everybody else is playing. Like go back to this one if you can get it for five or ten bucks. Like it'll probably be on sale for something crazy. Yeah. Like do that and play this first because like I'm already I'm still dying to play the rest of it. Like it's it's mm. a great game well like uh any closing thoughts um not not really no i mean like like i really enjoyed the game too and like obviously yeah more so the intrigue of this game to me is like like i i do like playing video games a lot hence the fact that we have a game a podcast about video games (laughs) but um like more so what was intriguing to me about this game was just yeah overall like the whole sound design portion of it as you can probably tell since that's what i've rambled about in this review the most but um but yeah i just uh i i was really interested in sort of experiencing the gameplay and how the game played as well like incorporating with the sound design and the music right it's just to make a whole cohesive product right um but yeah i I thoroughly enjoyed it sound for for doom is like the doom soundtrack even old school stuff is i think pretty iconic so Mm -hmm. um i'm glad they kind of brought that forward in like a new and exciting way and i'm definitely gonna have to pay more attention to the soundtrack when i when i play it Mm. next because um like i definitely like felt energizing but it's again it's one of those things that unless you're like paying attention to it you don't necessarily notice the impact it's having on you but yeah it always it always does have an impact Mm. Well, I think uh, with that, we're already uh, we. Uh-huh. I think we both clearly love this game because we uh, chatted that one up quite a bit. But yeah. uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be back with our top five uh, games based on movies. See you soon. And we're back. Uh, so we're back uh, this week. Uh, like every week, we like to round off the podcast with. Uh, 
a couple of our top fives. We just pick a random topic. We just like to run the gambit. And this week uh, was Alex's pick for a topic. And we're doing top five uh, movie games. Games based on movies, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of different ways you could word it, I guess, that might mean different things. Yeah. But, uh, Hopefully from our we'll list you'll understand, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, we'll kick it off with uh, your number five. So, my number five is Tron Evolution, which came out on PS3 and and maybe Xbox 360. I'm not sure. Um, uh, But came out on those systems in 2010 following, like, the the Tron remake there. Um, I think think you had it and then I started playing it. But I just, like, from the movie, I just really like the whole, like, the disc battle combat and like the like the motorcycles that they have in that are sort of like and like i know i know that this tron remake movie didn't get a very good rap but i've really enjoyed it as long along with like the daft punk soundtrack for it and everything like that so um i i was excited to play the game just to sort of you know be able to play a game within that universe so um i i don't know i i really enjoyed it i know you played it too um what were like what were your thoughts about it yeah, it was one of the ones when I was thinking of doing this list, I um it it entered my brainstorming phase, but I don't even really remember the gameplay too well, but mm-hmm. I love Tron. Um and I actually like the remake too. I'm kind of sad. They kind of planned that to be a trilogy and the first one didn't get good reception really, so it didn't go much further, but I liked it, but yeah. anyway. Um that's neither here nor there, I suppose. But I, I I might even have to go watch gameplay of this. Because, yeah, I'd love a good Tron game. And this might actually be it. But I don't remember it well enough mm-hmm. to have put it on my list or to, to have much to say about it, I suppose. But I love Tron. I love, like, the dark and light aesthetic and the whole kind of world inside a computer yeah. idea. And yeah. So I love all that stuff. So I think a good game could be made. And I don't remember disliking this, but mm. I don't remember playing it enough to that it's a committed memory yeah it was like a it was kind of like a a 3d a, like a third person uh, like adventure game essentially so like you know like you you were navigating through your levels essentially like kind of like a prince of persia like an older prince of persia playthrough like you would be sort of jumping up on platforms and climbing over stuff and then you would encounter you know enemies where you would use your disc as a weapon to throw at them and stuff like that and then i think you could unlock more moves in a sense so i it was kind of like kind of like devil may cry ish as well like where you can unlock combos and different upgrades for your weapons and stuff like that but then there was also a different type of gameplay for for more like uh like intimate disc battles like you see at the sort of at the beginning of the movie when he goes into the computer how he falls into like Mm -hmm. that arena so sort of that sort of type of battle and then yeah there's also like you can hop on your your motorcycle there and do stuff like that the old light bike yeah yeah Yeah, that's that's cool yeah Mm on to your number five Uh, i guess my number five uh, i guess is almost a similar (laughs) thing in a way mine is harry potter and the philosopher's stone yeah i don't know if it was called sorcerer's stone in uh, the uk the game or not but uh Mm. either way whatever your flavor is um, so this I was on the PC. I think it might have been on other things as well. But yeah. um, this is just a kind of... I'm not even a huge Harry Potter fan, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd actually say I'm not a fan of all at all of Harry Potter. But um, this is kind of a formative childhood memory for me. Did you play this as well? Are you having the same memories I am? Yeah, this? yeah. I mean, we'd always go to the library near our home and we'd yeah. we sign <laughs> yeah. on to the computers. Yeah, I remember exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the library near our home when we were going up had like a computer 
lab bay area that you could sign up and play the computer for an hour or two. Yeah. So our mom would always take us there. She'd, you know, look at books and do adult stuff and we'd check out the computers and mm. <laughs> um we'd we'd play and this is one of like the most, I guess, like advanced kind of graphical actual real games that they had on there was this Harry Potter one. Yeah. And um I just remember having such a blast with it. Like, mm. as far as this is the thing I think out of every Harry Potter thing, like movies and stuff that I've watched, this is the one that kind of imbued the most like magical sense to me. I mean, a it's the first one, so you're kind of a kid just exploring Hogwarts and you're collecting those like chocolate frog cards and Barry Bot's beans and you're learning yeah. new spells and stuff. And it just felt fun to explore and learn new things. And you could discover secrets depending on what spells you cast where and stuff. Mm. So. It was just a fun little exploring phase and i mean it was just it was a highlight of the week when you get to go yeah we get to go to the library and play this game and because it was so broken up like you could only play an hour at a time and then you had to like save your progress and hope nobody deleted it or just <laughs> jump a chapter and yeah. you know it was always kind of uh, staggered as far as my enjoyment of it but uh that squeaks in at my number five harry potter and the philosopher's stone for pc mm-hmm um my number four is chronicles of narnia so that's like a gamecube game that came out in 2005 um me and you when we first we rented this game from like blockbuster way back when it was a thing yeah and we beat the whole game in one night together we stayed up pretty late just playing it (laughs) and and i don't know if you recall i remember in the in the game like in the movie at the end there's like this battle and edwin is like the younger brother of the of the four kids um like gets stabbed by the white witch but just just like in the in the video game because like the graphical limitations it looks like she just poked (laughs) him with a stick and he just fell fell down and died (laughs) oh man he got poked that was just sort of that was an inside joke for us for like weeks after that game man (laughs) he got poked yeah yeah this is um I this is another one that I thought like when I was thinking about games this definitely came to mind mm-hmm. um, it, it was yeah this was kind of like a fun event almost because like you said we rented it we played it all the way through start to finish in one night yeah um, just it was like kind of that classic I, it didn't make my list because it's uh, almost like too generic in a way yeah not that that's necessarily a bad thing but it's just very cookie cutter like it's sort of like a gauntlet sort of style like, game like you're just you can play up to four players if you wanted to, but like you're going through the levels and like you can't go beyond limitations of your party. And you and like yeah, the levels very linear. Like you just have to go one pathway and yeah. fight off enemies and then unlock a few things along the way through the story alone storyline. Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of game that um, I think almost it is how movie games should almost be made nowadays. Like if you're not going to make a bespoke piece of game to like actually you know make something really incredible Mm -hmm. and you still just want to have a a product for it like something like this that's like 10 or 15 bucks on like the psn store kind of like what scott pilgrim did it and scott pilgrim had like a side brawler like arcadey type game when it came out like a double dragon games like this are just yeah i think games like this are just like it's just a good way to do it if you don't want to like if you want to have it but it's not too intense and you just want to play it in a a night with your friends Mm -hmm. like I think it's I think it's fun. So yeah, I definitely don't disagree with this pick. Yeah, like yeah, there's definitely lots of video. Like there's definitely lots of movies I've seen that I'd be like, oh, it'd be cool if they just like you know yeah put out like a pretty cheap video game, easily 
you know, I've, I've repetitive style of game that's cheap to produce and that's still enjoyable just so you can like further your experience or like your liking for that movie by having a gaming experience associated with it as well. Like, yeah, it doesn't have to be anything special or like groundbreaking, but just like the fact that you can physically play as a character that you really enjoyed watching on the screen would be something that I think would be cool to have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I kind of miss the days. Like when we were growing up, like every movie seemed to get one of these kind of yeah weird GameCube tie-in, PS2 tie-in games. But uh, yeah. that era seems long gone. You know, just because it is more expensive to make a nice game, and there's a lot more competition in the video game space. Mm. Than, if it's not going to do well, then it will just get completely outshadowed. But yeah, this is a slice of history for sure. Mm. So yeah, that was my number four. Uh, so my number four is higher on your list, so I'm going to yeah. bounce it right back over to you. Uh, my number three is Spider-Man 1, so that's that came out in... Let me find here one second. Sorry, it's on my list. It came out in 2002 on the GameCube, is at least what I played it on. Um, so this nice. was based on like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man game. Um, uh, okay. So this was kind of cool. I mean, it was like... You know, as, as like a five or six-year-old kid, I really enjoyed playing it because it was like, you know... An, for back then it was like an open world spider-man game um and like the second and third ones they made for them to like even expanded further on the open world portion of things but like you know you you start off on top of this building in the game i can even remember and like you're wearing like the like the wrestling version of your of your spider-man clothes like in the movie he wears and like you're just swinging from like building to building like super high up and stuff but um yeah i mean i just i just really like i just have a lot of memories with this game like playing all the way through it and just sort of you know getting to the end and because this was like one of my first movie theater experiences that i can remember seeing this movie like all of us went with our grandparents and uh and yeah and i just as soon as the game came out like i rented it and just fell in love with it when i was five or six yeah yeah a lot of um i mean all the movie games i think for the most part we've talked to up to this point have been like you know, you, you want to play them and you enjoy playing them because they're a tie-in to the movie and you just want to be those characters. You like those worlds and it's just, mm. you know, generally a, a fun kind of light experience. So yeah. I thought um, one of the first games that came to mind when I was like movie games was the Spider-Man game for N64 because we both played the crap out of that. Yeah. But that's not really a movie game. I don't think it's based on any movie. Mm. I think it's just Spider-Man in it's general, based on to the, my knowledge. Yeah, it's based on the comic books because, like, as you go through the levels, like, at the beginning of every level, it goes, like, it shows for that, that mission or that level, it's like a comic book cover and it, like, flips through pages of the comic mm. book to introduce, like, what the level is, essentially. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I love those GameCube ones. I like the N64 one. I'll have to mm-hmm. try and track down. I, I hear always good things about the PS4 one. Yeah, um, the, yeah, the new one that came out. Long yeah. So, yeah, Spider-Man, I think, just does well in a video game. Like, uh, people just, his the way he explores, the way he, mm. you know, his abilities just suit well. Like, you know, superhero movies or superhero games or superheroes in general can sometimes feel a little overpowered mm. or that's just the nature of what they are. So sometimes when you play them in a video game, they have to tone them down and you're just kind of like... Yeah. This doesn't feel like I'm Superman, or this doesn't feel like I'm X, Y, or Z, but um, I think Spider-Man and Batman have both translated well to video games kind of for this reason, because yeah. they're both reasonably powered that you can make a game out of it and still feel like you're in critical situations, but still do fun things. And yeah. yeah. So, again, another good pick. I don't disagree with this one. Yeah. I have to give you credit. So that was my number three. On to your number three, which is also my number two, so we can sort of do both exactly. of those at the same time. Yeah, bounce back to you. Um, so yeah, your number three, my number two is Goldeneye 007. Yeah. As I'm sure almost 
I would say at least every every gamer that's alive during the period of this game being out has probably played it. Um, yeah. I mean, even if you didn't have it, your friend probably had a copy. Yeah. Hopefully they had at least two controllers. And Yeah. <laughs> to, to my knowledge, it's like definitely like a, one of the first games that like people like played with their friends like competitively like on like coach coach versus mode at least like like the, just you know i always hear people talking about this game and they're always like going off about like proximity mines and like people used to <laughs> people used to cheese people so bad with the proximity mines on certain levels and stuff like that and so yeah and then and there's like slappers only like yeah, house yeah. rules for this like we played it so that if you didn't have a weapon because you had to find a weapon on the map and stuff like that so if you didn't have a weapon you weren't allowed to shoot the person so like yeah. we had all these like house honor rules like i think everyone played this game their own way right yeah and then you get the um, you get the golden gun and someone's just like oh fuck yeah. <laughs> just going around dominate the map one shot and fools yeah, yeah it's and they're like it's funny because i think yeah most people who think of this think of the multiplayer and i'm i'm gonna be talking about my ass a little bit because i don't know the exact story but there's a lot of this is actually like a game with a lot of history and like stuff that's been talked about it because the multiplayer mode i don't even think was like originally part of what they were going to put in the game yeah like um and it was just like a last minute like oh we'll throw this in just as like a funny thing and that's pretty much what sold probably the most copies of this game <laughs> yeah I think this also came out way after the movie too. I think just because of timing and delays and stuff like uh, cuz first again, I could be mistaken, but I feel like this came out way after actual Goldeneye the movie. Um so it didn't even have like the power of the actual movie behind it cuz I think yeah. it came out at least 5 years or so after, like a few years <laughs> after, so. Well, yeah, this is definitely um, like a this is definitely a, like it's a it's a rare game uh like a the company rare um yeah so um i believe like them making this game they expanded upon the engine for this like to make perfect dark and i think they also sort yeah. of use that engine in banjo tooie as well like for the certain the certain like dungeon levels or whatever you want to call them where you're holding kazooie's a gun so i think like yeah just sort of you know that engine for nintendo 64 was like sort of a lot of people th- you know say it was a crappy engine it it was a horrible thing to have to play like as far as controls but i think I mean, that was like the main I don't think engine it holds up nowadays that's for sure like i don't think you can go back and like play you can but only for goofs like i don't think yeah. you can seriously enjoy the campaign mode anymore like single stick controls just mm-hmm. don't work with people's brains anymore like if you've played a modern game it just i don't think it computes anymore Except but for our dad i mean he he can't play a modern shooter to save his life but he'll kick anyone's <laughs> ass in this game that's yeah if you haven't progressed pat like if you haven't moved from one stick to two sticks and this is just your era then yeah like he plays yeah he plays this and he plays like gran turismo for the ps1 and like he's just amazing at those games and then that's it yep. it's just like so i mean yeah if that's your bread butter not gonna not gonna be there but <laughs> yeah yeah i lock every set about this game but i think everyone's already uh already <laughs> said it for sure so, so that's my good pick yeah. my number three and my number, number two, two. on to your number two buddy uh, my number two is the warriors for ps2 do you remember playing this with me yeah yeah so this is sort of played this played sort of similar to the chronicles of narnia game right but it was more of like uh, a brawler yeah in a way yeah basically it was a brawler it was like a 3d kind of action brawler with like a lot of like side activities where you're like mm-hmm. looting cars and stuff and doing all kinds of things um and in like the co-op you're your clan mates can get arrested and you have to go (laughs) rescue them and stuff. So, um, this is the one game I think out of my list that, uh, I lie. 
my number one also i haven't really cared much or seen the movie but i played the warriors the video game before without really any context of the movie mm-hmm. and i just really liked the brawling co-op like i love co-ops anything with co-op is gonna shoot up on my list pretty high so mm-hmm. uh, doing that plus the side activities and the like bonus objectives and it just really felt like a street brawl like you had like five guys and the pony's gang had like five guys and everyone's just yeah roughing people up like it just felt like it really felt like it was true to the source material even though i had no experience with it at that time it just really got across the idea of a new york street gang <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah I, I this one this one's uh this one's pretty high up on my list for what it is. And this is another one that obviously didn't come out with the movie. It was just somebody liked the IP and ran with it. Mm, so. Yeah. So, yeah, my number two, The Warriors for PS2. Cool. So, my number one, which is also your number four, is uh, yeah. Toy Story 2, which was um, the one, like, so this came out in 1999, obviously following Toy Story 2. Um, yeah. I think the one that you have on your list, like the Buzz Lightyear to the rescue, I think yeah. that one was a game for PS1 that was also released as Toy Story 2, but it's it's a different game. I'm like uh, I'm like 95% sure. There's a different Oh, is it? Yeah, okay. cuz I think that this version of the game was only on Nintendo 64 if I recall correctly. Um Well, that's what I was looking through. Maybe you're right. I'll have to check it out, but um Cuz yeah, cuz the buzz like I distinctly Yeah, go ahead. Cuz the buzz like you to the rescue like cover for the game is like yeah it's ps1 and it's like buzz light you're like sort of like almost in like a like a rock environment like holding his arm like shooting his laser but i think that's a different game than yeah than than the nintendo 64 one well see that's what i thought too like because i don't remember there being a subtitle at all like to me this in my head this was just toy story 2 yeah and when i looked it up i found that it had a, a subtitle to it i'm looking at the n64 case now and it also says Toy Story 2, and then in very small letters says Buzz Lightyear to the rescue. Oh, okay. um, Maybe I could be mistaken. Um, But anyways, this game was like um, sort of sort of like a -a collectathon. Like you had to, like you you sort of progress through levels in the series of how the movie plays out. So you start off in like in Andy's bedroom essentially, and like you go through the whole house collecting like Pizza Planet tokens as like your stars uh to compare to like a mario game or like your jiggies um yeah so and then like there's on every single level like you could find like the different toys so you could go talk to like rex or slinky or ham and they all gave you like the same type of task on the different levels so like one of them gave you sort of like like i think you had to go collect like the bear the monkey like the monkeys in a barrel monkeys and essentially like as an eight red coins thing if i recall correctly um and just yeah, like different stuff like right. that and then but yeah it was just like really kind of cool like because i mean i i know to both of us more so the first one for you but toy story is just like a really huge like collection of movies to me and and i just really really enjoy them like they're they're probably in my top five favorite movies of all time so like to play that video game as a kid like to be able to play as buzz Lightyear is like the coolest thing ever right Oh yeah, for me, yeah. I, I mean, Toy Stories. I mean, a lot of people have fond memories of Disney and or Disney fanatics in general. I'm not yeah. a huge Disney fan necessarily, but yeah. Pixar Toy Story is like definitely just the <laughs> core of my childhood. I think like yeah. I, it was one of those VHSs that I just watched over and over until it 
burned out basically yeah. um so like yeah it means uh, this it also i mean maybe toy story is the source of it but we talked last week a bit about the uh, rts army man games and stuff mm-hmm. and i just love for something about something about it i just love the army man you're a small like viewing our world but through like a small eye okay so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, this, you're doing all kinds of things. Like, you're going through gardens and you're exploring different rooms. But, like, to you, this bedroom is, like, this basically this huge open world, right? Like, yeah. you pull open shelves or, like, uh, drawers to climb up bookshelves. And you got to, like, shoot the locks on the baby crib to unlock the <laughs> the gate and all kinds of stuff, right? Like, yeah. so, um, yeah, this is just a fun, like, for the N64 especially, it's just a fun little collect-a-thon. Like you said, almost in the vein of Mario 64. We're just trying to get these, uh, yeah. or Banjo Kazooie in a way. Yeah, you just collect a thony, which mm-hmm. was you know the popular type of game back then. Difference of this one though to those ones is like there's no like traveling to each individual level and entering them as much as like you just quit level to go into the next one essentially. Like yeah, once it's you just a list. Yeah, but it's still it's still like felt like fun. Like obviously there was a couple. There's like the level where you're like on this construction site essentially, like on your way to save Woody, like towards you know al's toy barn essentially so like there's certain stuff that's not in the movie that they needed to make up to create you know yeah <laughs> room in the game but you know it's st- it still didn't like ruin the experience to me as a kid so yeah it doesn't strictly follow the uh, storyline yeah, or anything, yeah. but it gets the general gist of it mm-hmm. i mean it definitely feels lower budget than uh, banjo kazooie or mario 64 oh, yeah, yeah. it's in the same tier as those but yeah it's a fun Again, just kind of side game for for people who'd like the movie. And when you're a kid, I mean, and you have this is the game that you have for your N64. You're gonna you're gonna play through all the levels because it's just what you have to play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's so my, number my number one. Yeah, my number one is Alien vs Predator Extinction, um, which almost didn't make the list because it's not explicitly based on the actual movie. Like it doesn't follow the Alien vs Predators movie or anything at all, but. Mm-hmm. I gave it a pass because it's basically the IP for the movie. It came out around the same time as the movie came out too, right? So I think, yeah, I think it qualifies as such. Yeah, Yeah. that's why I was like, when I was at the beginning, I was like, you know, there's some loose definition stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know if you ever even watched me play this or remember playing it, but this is uh, an RTS. Yeah, I think you played it at our uncle's, right? And he just sort of had it on Xbox. Yeah, for the Xbox. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I think it's on PS2 or PSP as well or something, Mm -hmm. but... Well, there's a different version on PSP, but so this is an RTS and it was built specifically for console. And again, as we touched on last week a bit, I really like RTS games, but they always, they don't necessarily always work on console. Yeah. Um, but this did, uh, because it was built specifically for console, this, it did, it did a lot of cool things. Um, one is that there wasn't really any base building. Like there's a lot of RTSs. Mm-hmm. Um, you just sort of got a group of units and it was your goal to kind of navigate those units to, to accomplish your goals instead of just like building up a huge base and storming your enemy like you do in a lot of RTS games. Yes. Um, so that was really cool and they kind of made the controls work for a controller as best as you can for an RTS given that. And then there was three unique campaigns. Um, there was the alien campaign, the marines slash human campaign, mm-hmm. and then the predator campaign. Yeah, I remember that. And each each faction played like completely differently. Um, so like the humans... Uh, essentially got money or got bounty by killing enemies and then they could call in additional units Mm -hmm. um the predators 
um, were more like individual um, kind of guys. So the Marines were like more squad based kind of swarmy army guys. Yeah. Where the Predators were just a lot more like heavier firepower, like single unit dudes that roamed around the map and you could go stealth with them and they each of them had like a few different abilities they could use so they're more like heroes in a way yeah um and when you killed people you harvested their skull and then that was like glory points that you could use to call in additional predators to your clan mm. uh, and then the aliens were like you had a queen in like a hive somewhere and you had to protect her and she would lay like the face huggers and you'd have to escort the face huggers to uh, like different uh, enemy types and the face huggers would take over the enemies and then hatch new aliens that way and stuff so every every faction played really differently and it was just I felt like there was a lot of effort and thought that went into this game for something that was pretty much a movie tie-in hmm. yeah uh, I don't think yeah did you you said you watched me play it a bit but I, I think I might have played it once played it but yourself. RTSs aren't exactly fully my genre <laughs> yeah. so um, not your genre at all that's fair but I mean it's I, I mean I, I really like that movie like it, I was pretty young when it came out, but our parents did a bad thing of letting us pretty much watch whatever we wanted to, as long as it wasn't like straight porno <laughs> flicks, essentially. So, um, so we both watched this. I think like I think we rented it from like you know a blockbuster. Um, yeah, right I when it came it. out. Yeah, I vaguely remember seeing it. But yeah, I mean, it starts. The movie starts out like all those the humans are like up, like they're digging a hole into like this sort of arctic area and they're going underground to like find like these relics or something and then yeah and then they all sort of start getting taken out one by one by these aliens and or predators and shit just yeah, goes down like this whole battleground yeah, yeah. <clears throat> all right well those were our uh, top five games based on movies yeah uh so let us know what you think uh let us know what you think about doom feel free to still chip in on that review or uh Tell us what you think about our top five lists. If we missed any of your favorite games, maybe from your childhood or anything growing mm-hmm. up, uh, you can get in touch with us at backlogpod at gmail.com, or you can even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash backlogpod. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'll read your uh, comments or listen to your comments on the show and yeah. uh, see how you um, see how your stuff lines up with ours. Yeah. And if there's any, um, like, uh, if there's any, like game review recommendations or top five list recommendations you guys have as well, shoot those over to us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got any topics or games you want us to review or top five it up? Then uh, yeah, let us know. Where we'd be, we'd love to hear from you. Um, so uh, next week we'll be reviewing Graveyard Keeper. Uh, so uh, if you uh, haven't, I, I forgot to mention the game <laughs> last week. Yeah. So maybe that's a surprise to you, unfortunately. Yeah. But I threw it in the description. We're 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 learning as we go here. We're figuring it all out. <laughs> Um, but we'll be recording that one on the 20th of March. Uh, so uh, get your responses in or your comments or questions about our experience with Graveyard Keeper or just your uh, review. And mm-hmm. we'll uh, bring it up on the podcast by March 20th. Yep. And uh, so do you want to pick a game? So we, have, me and Alex have a running list of uh, backlog games, as I'm sure everyone does. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that jumps out to you that you'd like to pick for two weeks from now? Uh, like I said, at the top of the podcast, we can do the... Uh yuka's island express if you would like i mean that's that's often on sale and it's i think on pretty much every game console now like switch ps4 xbox and pc so um i think it's a pretty easily easily achievable game to get your hands on and it's a couple years old now so it's probably uh it it goes on sale on switch all the time i know that so um it's pretty cheap to get 
And if it gives me an excuse to talk about pinball mechanics for a half hour and a couple we'll weeks, I will uh, be happy about <laughs> that. So no worries. Yeah. All right. So yeah, perfect. Uh, then if uh, y'all want to join us on that, uh, where's the date? So yeah, I guess that would be on March 27th as when we'll record the uh, Yuka's Island Island Express uh, podcast. Um, so feel free to play along with us over the next couple weeks and uh document some of your thoughts maybe ask us questions and send us in uh, any questions or comments you have about it that'll be uh same emails backlogpod at gmail.com or anchor.fm slash backlog pod uh and next week for a top five do you have anything you want to uh throw together no i mean i chose this week so uh i think i think it's all up to you yeah, buddy i knew i knew it would fall to me well let's do uh let's do top five metroidvanias in uh in Ooh. honor of uh, Yuka's Island Adventure. Right. Island, I keep calling it Island Adventure. I think it's Island Express. I don't have it in front of me. But uh, yeah, let's do top five Metroidvanias because I think All that's right. a genre you and I both uh, yeah, uh, I got get my, along with. I got so. my number one already, buddy. <laughs> I don't Oh, that's good. I don't think I have my number one locked in. I'm going to have to do a lot of uh, soul searching on this <laughs> Soul one. searching. Perfect. Yeah, going to have to really identify uh, what's important to me. Yeah. Sort my whole life out for this next one. <laughs> Ah, perfect. Well, thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, I've been Lucas. And I'm Alex, guys. Perfect. We're signing off for Backlog Pod. We'll see you in a week. See you later, guys. Take care. Bye.